Hello, and welcome again to another episode of Five Plain Questions, a podcast that proposes five questions to Indigenous artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers and shakers, and culture bears. People in the community, they're doing great things for their communities. I'm Joe Williams, your host for this conversation. I'm director of Kiana, the Native American programs at the Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase these amazing people in our Indigenous communities from around the region of country. I want to introduce you to Savannah Talbert. She is from the Kaan Nation, Southern Cheyenne, and Nizoglala, Lakota. Savannah primarily works with acrylic and permanent inks. She is inspired by her childhood, her heritage, and daily life. She has a presence online as Bears Will Kill You on Twitter and Bear Hair Is Okay on Instagram and in various other forms. She's a former college athlete an advocate for those in need and is a fantastic with jewelry and creating art. She's an advocate for Native voices and just is all around a great artist. So let's jump into this conversation with Savannah Tolbert. Well, all right, Savannah, thank you so much for joining us at Five Play Questions. Uh, it's really great to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, podcasts are weird for me because um, all my stuff is visual, but it's always fun to be on them because... Who doesn't like to talk? <laughs> true, true. Um, what uh, what other podcasts have you been on or uh, been a part of? So um, there's one called Oki Podcast. It's a um, guy named Russell Sun Eagle. He's Pawnee. He's from he's out of Oklahoma too. But I've done theirs. And then there's one called Art Supply Posse. There she's out of Australia. Um, and they do like a kind of long form interview, but then also ask you just like, oh, what are your favorite art supplies? So oh, that's really, just that's really interesting. That's an interesting yeah. concept, uh, asking um, some some really sort of uh, distinct questions on things that uh, maybe like I wouldn't think of asking, you know? Um, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, so um would you be able to uh, introduce yourself? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from. Okay, so I am Savannah Tallbear, Hishabe, Homahet. That means um, I'm Beaver Woman Cheyenne. Beaver Woman in Cheyenne. I am Cheyenne, Oglala Lakota, and Ka. I'm a painter for the most part. Um, I'm from Oklahoma City. I grew up here. I did pretty much am all over the metro, greater Oklahoma City area we have down here. Um, I've been a painter since I was really young, but within this last year, I, and like reconnecting with my Lakota side and kind of having more just native relations um my painting has really blown up and so i'm just trying to get myself out there (laughs) right on right on um can we uh talk a little bit about your influences uh who influenced you later on and and currently right now um currently i mean it's probably all of my friends um I have a great group of uh, Native women that surround me um, in all different kinds of fields. And so, you know, we go to powwows together. We, you know, do all our cultural stuff together. And so just seeing 
them in all their different strong suits are probably my biggest inspirations um when I was a kid my mom I mean she she really pushed me to um be like take my talents uh air quotes on that seriously um and she really supported me and like she put me in an arts school it was I mean it's a public school but she you know you have to apply and audition and everything like that so she put me in that just because she wanted me to have something more than just normal and now here I am so apparently it worked out down the line (laughs) yeah yeah um this uh the school that you that you went to um I know we have one up here in the Minneapolis area and I it was something I wish I had known about when I was a kid um because I I had no art training in high school um what was that experience like for you going to to this specific uh creative school um I mean technically they did teach you a lot like you I feel like I learned about like color theory and um dimension and perspective and you know all the very technical things but I don't necessarily think that like artistic freedom was quite like it wasn't the biggest it wasn't at the forefront you know technique and everything like that for me at the time I was there was more so what I felt like we were focused on which is fine I mean you do need to learn those things um I mean somewhat if you want to do that kind of art Mm -hmm. I don't do still lives (laughs) so it I mean I loved getting having the avenues to be able to try pottery and ceramics and um I got to you know compete in art competitions when I was younger and so like I thought you know all those little avenues were cool like to kind of get your toe into the art world but I think it more so made me like a perfectionist and probably more like I took a break from it for a while like um I switched schools when I was in 10th grade so I was still in AP art when I switched schools I was still in ceramics when I switched schools but then once I graduated high school I didn't I just took a break because like all all the technicality and is just kind of burned you out Hmm. it kind of burnt me out I guess is what Mm -hmm. I can say Mm -hmm. it was great I love the opportunities and I love doing it in the moment, but I guess looking back, I did take a really long break from it after I got done hmm. because it's only within the last year that I've started picking up my paintbrush again. So that's been 10 years since I've been in high school. <laughs> okay. What, what was it that, that brought you back in? Um, so I went to a puff and paint class for my birthday because uh, I weed's legal here medicinally so if you have your card you can go do it so my friends I just wanted something chill to do for my birthday I don't I'm not 
I didn't want to like have a big party or big dinner or anything. So it just like the girls that I worked with, we went to the class and I learned, you know, how to paint with trowels and do paint pulling and dragging and scraping and how all of that looks different on the canvas and then to not be a perfectionist about it. And so that kind of really sparked me into painting again. Um, and then I just really haven't stopped since hmm. I feel hmm. I, I'm pretty sure I've painted like 150 paintings within the last year. That's, that's pretty significant actually. That's <laughs> really impressive. <laughs> um, you know, I, I follow you, uh, you know, like you had mentioned on social media. I also noticed that um, you've you've done some jewelry, some beadwork. And yes. how has how has that uh, factored into your creative world? So I um, wanted to start beading so that I had something to do when I was kind of getting burnt out on painting. Like, I don't want to... I'm a hairdresser by trade. So everything I do kind of involves color theory and being creative in some sense. Um, because not everything's just haircuts you do color. So I wanted something that I could do besides painting to keep my hands busy, but also creative and to feel productive. But I felt like beading was like something to help me connect more. Cause like on my native side of the family, um, like we've lost people who would have been the people to teach me how to beat. So really I taught myself how to beat. And it's kind of a, con a way for me to just have that connection, you know, like, to the people that are gone, but then also like, just, you know, this is what our people did back in the day. This is how women like showed off how awesome they were like by trading beadwork and stuff like, so I just thought it would be a nice thing to have under my belt, I guess. Um, and it turned out people liked them. And so I've continued making those too. Um, so yeah, the, it's, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I was just gonna say they're beautiful. You know, they're, they're, it's a beautiful work. And um, I, I'm curious if there's a, I'm, I'm speaking from an ignorant point of view, um, as I've, I've uh, never really have done any sort of beadwork. Um, is there a distinct difference between uh, the Cheyenne, uh, the Southern Cheyenne, and the Lakota way of approaching beadwork? Yes, you know, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't think so because they're both plains, and the Cheyenne and Lakota were very. They were pretty close back in the day, so I would think that they would have pretty similar beadwork types. I know like they're, you know, we have a lot of triangles and, you know, the arrows and geometric lines. Um, 
but I, I don't feel like my stuff is very, um, like traditional in a sense. I don't do like, I haven't beaded like a medicine bag or anything yet where, you know, the whole thing's lazy stitch. Cause that, that just seems daunting to me. Um, there are people like, uh, Elias, not afraid who does like all of his stuff is so beautiful and, and intricate. And, you know, he has all the vintage beads and everything like that. Um, but I don't actually know the difference. I, I just know we're planes. And so our stuff was pretty similar as far as I could tell mm-hmm. <laughs> in my, mm-hmm. in my, um, I would say minimal research. Well, I think our, all of our experiences sort of, um, guide us in one way or the other, you know, and, uh, one thing I found, especially growing up, um, I, I'm a citizen of Wapaton and I find even like slight differences in the language, uh, among the Dakota is, is, mm-hmm. is there. Um, and of course, you know, the Lakota, uh, very significant difference in the language, still, still relatively the same, but there are some linguistic differences. Yeah. 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 And, and so it's, it's just interesting how, um, our, our culture sort of develops and change sort of in different pockets, you know, it's still legitimate, you know, cause we all come from the mm-hmm. same place. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would, I would say that our, your experience, you, you might feel that maybe your research is limited, but you're doing something uh, that is very important to maybe our traditions, but of course, artistically as well. So uh, most often um, I find, especially in the course of these conversations, uh, mm-hmm most artists have a primary career, things that they do uh, to pay the bills, right? And the artwork that they're known for are things that they do in the evenings, on the weekends, um, so they can sell those on the circuits or get into galleries or whatnot. Um, you've mentioned uh, that um, you you have this this the stage job. Um, can, can you talk about um, maybe how that started and how that sort of has worked in with your, your art life. Oh, okay. Um, so it's really funny because I, um, not gonna name any names or anything like that, but I quit a salon last year and really quitting that salon is, uh, what allowed me to even do what I'm doing right now, because pre previously I was working under someone in in another salon and doing commission at the same time, but I was working six days a week and, you know, only had one day off to go to the grocery store and that was it. Well, then I quit and I moved salons and now I'm my own boss. So now I actually have time to paint and to bead in because I'm managing my own schedule. I'm only working three days a week at the salon and I'm painting and beading the other three days or, you know, running errands, going to the post office. I'm actually about to cut down on my hair days because I need more days to do everything else. And so I'll be doing hair two days and everything else five days but I uh started off in hair because 
I had been doing all my friends hair basically since I was in high school as well. And, (laughs) um, I went to college for a little bit. It was not for me. And so I had a friend who is, she lived out in the Western part of Oklahoma just a little bit. And she mentioned to me that there's a school out there that if you live in their school district, it's free until you're 24. So I was like, well, let me, let me go get my hair, hair license. Like I've already been doing it. Like might as well have people pay me for it. So I put, I went out there, moved so that I could get the scholarship, finished school. And then I went immediately to working for that lady. Um, and I was there for almost four years. Uh, so really leaving there and becoming my own boss, um, allowed me to do what I'm doing now. And I guess, um, I mean, it does pay the bills sometimes, but then also sometimes art pays the bills sometimes we think pays the bills so that's why it's nice to I mean I hate being that person who's like I have three jobs and I hustle and I grind because I hate I truly hate capitalism um so like the fact that I'm feeding it into it so much is crazy but I think I feel very free in what I do because everything that I'm doing is just a different creative venture for me Mm -hmm. and I'm trying not to burn myself out in any one way and I feel like I'm succeeding at it. So. I think that that sort of leads us into the question about um, opportunities. Um, How have opportunities presented themselves? Maybe uh, now that you're sort of moving into it uh, more, um, the opportunities are looking different now. Uh, But yeah. Can you, can you talk about the different types of opportunities that you've had? So, um, our community here has actually been very great. Like, I think because we have so many tribes in one state, um, we have like, I have art in a gallery that is also a dispensary, but it's native owned and it's out in a very native predominant area. Um, and I just walked in, I just contacted them and asked, Hey, do you need artists? I did the same thing. There's a native owned brewery here that they put on, like, um, they had a showcase. It was like a mini powwow at their brewery. Um, and so I just had brought a bunch of extra pieces to them for that. Um, but basically how I contacted you, how I did with you. I just, I, I'm just like, Hey, (laughs) do you need an artist? (laughs) And if they do cool, if they don't, I mean, no hard feelings. I, it is what it is, but basically opportunities have presented themselves by me making them present themselves. (laughs) 
Um, I do have a gallery that I in that I started in with. Um, it's basically my like home gallery here in the city. Um, but I've just tried to pretty much reach out to native owned places and just be like, yeah, you know, I'm an up and coming native artist. I am not Southeastern like everyone else here. <laughs> so maybe I can catch a break. <laughs> just being a little plains native but uh i'm just kidding all my friends are southeastern so i like to give them a hard time (laughs) i I say all roads lead to iaia so um you know everyone goes to school there so i I feel that (laughs) yes yep yeah all my friends are southeastern and so i'm like the only plains native at the powwow i always get stuck on the outside because i dance faster than everybody else (laughs) (laughs) but really it is, I feel like because of the pandemic and I don't know, everything being so, so out of whack and how it is, I can't hate anyone for telling me no. And if they do give me a shot, you know, more power to them, more thanks to them. So, but I've, I mean, just put my foot out there and so far it's been good me i've creators taking care of me i uh i was actually background on i was a background actor in red dogs the new season really really? yes so if you see anybody in the in the background of the club scene doing the hokey pokey it's me i'm watching (laughs) i'm gonna be watching uh that's so cool so you know lauren waters then so actually funny story i met lauren waters at the thing but her aunt's this is very, it's a macabre, but her aunt, um, I guess we're related somehow. Her aunt is related to my uncle on their Kiowa side because my uncle was Kiowa and Cheyenne. So they're related to the Kiowa guy, the Kiowa side, whereas I'm related to the Cheyenne side. So her aunt always sings at all my family's funerals. (laughs) And so I went to one of her, uh, she made a short film about um, the Cheyenne boarding school we have down here. And so I went to go see that at the library or something. And I saw her aunt there and I was like, oh, they're both last name is Waters. And it clicked for me that they were related. And I was like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, and so whenever I saw her at Res Dogs, I was like, how are you and Melinda related? And she goes, oh, that's my aunt. I was like, so weird. Indian country is so small. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, and that documentary is such a good one. So something like Remembering Nishke or something. I can't remember yeah, the first part of that. Nishke yeah, Nishke. It was nice to have someone recognizing, you know, what my people went through, I guess. Mm-hmm. True. And even the um, – the sort of the, the thankless work uh, that people do to try to clean up spaces and just sort of show up every day. That's, I mean, I forget his name now, the gentleman that she focused on, yeah. he just shows up to do the work. He's, he's not trying to find from, from what I gather from the film, you know, he's yeah. not trying to make a name for himself. He's not trying to, to, to be famous. He's just trying to like do work. And I, I just really appreciated uh, that aspect of that. Mm-hmm. 
And because, I mean, those schools were around, like, since I was a kid. I remember, like, we can tell you ghost stories about them. Like, me and my cousins would go in there and, you know, something would chase us out. That was invisible, you know. Mm-hmm. So now that it's finally getting cleaned up, it's like, wow. It's just amazing to see happen. And I, I am very thankful for the man that she focused on in that film and everyone else that ran it and is getting it done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that, that school, that area? Is that something that you're mm-hmm. familiar with? Okay. Yeah, okay. that's where um, my family is from. Okay. So, um, like my, the people who raised my grandma went to that school whenever it was still being used as a, uh, Indian school. Mm-hmm. So, um, and like we've, I've gone to Cheyenne Sundance out there since I was little and I'm just now, I mean, due to family circumstances, I've, I was away for a while, but I'm finally going back now. And it, you know, being back out on the land feels right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. It's, I live in Fargo, North Dakota and I live about a hundred, hundred plus miles from my home. So, um, it feels good to go back home whenever I can. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, things are, com- things are always complicated back home, right? Uh, family things yes. are always complicated, but it's, yes. it's part of, it's part of our, our experience. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Mm. And I, now that I have this wonderful group of native women that, I, and even all my, my Lakota friends that I have that, are spread out, you know, some in South Dakota, some across the States, but just having this group of like native backing, just, I don't know. It just, the, even if I'm not home, I have something that I can come home to because they understand and like they get all of our little family problems that we all have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like they're like yeah it's the same for me <laughs> yep yep uh oftentimes i feel uh, whenever I, I i speak with guests it feels more like i'm talking to relatives right um I yeah think just because of what we uh, there seems to be a, a similar theme in all families i think we all go through some some version of the same thing so yeah yep I threw people off though, because I my mom's white, uh, my dad's uh, he's he's a Wabeto, full full Wabeto one. Um, so people look at me and I look like my mom, you know. But then they look at my sister, they're like, "Oh, she looks just looks like my dad," you know. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, my mom, my mom is white as well, and so I look like my dad. But she remarried after my dad, and I have a brother who is blonde haired and hazel eyed. And so we look like complete, like opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny. Cause it's like, neither of us look like her though. <laughs> we both look <laughs> like our dads. She didn't win any. And she, she grew us 
So that sucks for her. (laughs) (laughs) I I won't go down that path, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She put in all that work and no, (laughs) no winning. (laughs) The constant reminder of of past relationships is there, right? The faces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So what would, what would, what would you want to say to the 18 or 22 year old that's listening to this conversation? Oh, you can do it your own way. You do not have to follow what anybody else's path that they want for you. You can literally be successful in so many plethora of ways that you have not thought of yet. If like, and success doesn't necessarily have to be money. Just there are so many ways you can be fulfilled by doing it your own way. You do not have to follow anybody's path. Like I, I'm, I'm not encouraging anyone to drop out of college, but I went to college and it wasn't for me. I dropped out of college and that would have been my worst fear probably when I was 18 years old, but I did it in, you know what? My bills are still paid. I'm making art as part of my living. Like I never would have thought I could support myself doing that. Um, but I am. And, you know, you can learn so many new things at any time in your life. I learned beating only a year ago and I taught myself. And now here we are, like, it's helping pay my bills. So, like, don't let anyone tell you how you have to do something. If you just do it your way and trust, you know, that you're, if you're doing the work, I hate saying that, like, what I mean by work is, what I consider work for me is just painting or even posting on social media so people can see my art or, you know, even my friends and I are having a water drive. Like I consider that success. The fact that we got the whole thing paid for and we're actually like going to go hydrate people when it's a building said it was 119 degrees here the other day. (laughs) Like, I think us being able to do that is success. And I think being able to go to powwows and just hang out with my friends and sell at a booth is success. Like, I have the ability to do these things. You can just keep doing what you're doing. And creator take care of you as long as you you know I feel like are a good person and chug along (laughs) I feel like that's all I try to do is just be a good person and keep painting and beating sometimes don't want to but (sighs) just do your own thing you do not you're don't let societal pressures decide your fate for you i guess that's what i would say that's 
It's a great point. And you kind of hinted at something in there when um, sometimes doing the work, sometimes when you don't feel like you, you want to, right? Because uh, sometimes the artwork become it becomes a, ch- a chore every now and then, right? It becomes something that is, it's hard to, to focus on sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that many, probably all artists go through. There's, there's a point in time in their work that they just, they got to put the brush down or they got to put, you know, the, the tools down and just take a break and go for a walk and maybe yeah. close, close the studio for a couple of days or, or whatever it is. Right. I think that's, yeah. I think that's, that's good to acknowledge. Like, I know, like, I don't want to make bad work. So why would I force myself to do something if it's just going to be bad work? Mm -hmm. So like, I don't force myself. Like I, yesterday I tried to force myself and I snapped two needles and I was like, all right, creator said you need to be done. (laughs) Cause like, (laughs) he's telling you, he's telling you now, like you're just pushing it and it's not, it's obviously not working because mm-hmm. your needles are breaking because you, you know, you're just trying to force something. So, you know, you do the work, but don't let the work do you. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, where, where can our listener find, uh, find your work, find what you're doing? So, do we want physical locations or are you talking about? I think online safe. Let, you know, safe. Okay. Yeah. If you're not in Oklahoma, you can find me at bears will kill you both on Twitter and Instagram. Um, it's with a U the letter, not Y O U. And that's it. I don't have Facebook. I hate Facebook. Um, you should listeners go follow bad aunties collective because that's where we're doing like we're trying to do our you know outreach stuff our water drive and our powwow stuff and um whenever one of our friends sings in the opera just native girls being native girls you know we're on there so we're trying to we're oh and we're having indian taco sale none of your followers live here but we're having an Indian taco sale party. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. We'll throw it out there. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll put it. Well, okay. Let me, let me slow down. I know here. this probably um, won't be posted for a while. Probably till August actually. So yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But okay, uh, we'll they put, can, they uh, can I'll put link. Follow and eventually find out when stuff is. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll put link in the show notes uh, so people can just uh, have easy access from there. So, cool. yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I guess the, the last thing I wanted to ask is, well, I guess you kind of you touched on it. Um, yeah. Just what, what are you currently working on? What's, what's happening right now? Um, so right now I'm working on a pair of strawberry beauty earrings. Um, I'm getting ready. We have a powwow that we're going to in the first weekend of August. And then I'm actually coming up to South Dakota for Lakota Sundance um, the second week. So it's actually a very busy month. Water drives, getting my inventory up for a powwow. I feel like I have to make like 100 pairs of earrings just to be ready because, you know, powwow is three days long. You never know who's going to buy what. 
And then, uh, yeah, I'll be in South Dakota. Good luck with all the work you're doing. Travel safe. Uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was really great to connect. I really appreciated it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was nice to get to formally meet you and have this conversation. And that does it for this episode of Five Plain Questions. I want to thank Savannah again for her time and sharing her story with us. This was this was a lot of fun. This was uh, one of those instances where I was able to connect with someone on social media who I had not met before or worked with. Um, maybe it's not the first time, but it's definitely one of those unique times where we were connected specifically because of Twitter. And I think that's great, you know, that we're using social media to connect with each other. And of course, you know, the art world and especially the indigenous Native American art world, it's a small community. And so, you know, through one person or the next, we, we all sort of know each other um, on some level. And so, you know, I speaking of social media, and I invite you to check out uh, her social media on Twitter. She's Bears Will Kill You. And on Instagram, uh, it's uh, Bear Hair Is Okay. Uh, it's... <laughs> That's a lot of fun. These are great names. And so, uh, and she has an Etsy page. So yeah, check out the links or I think the links in the show notes, definitely the show notes uh, where you can find that information. Uh, but, you know, support her. Um, she's she's an up and coming artist. Uh, definitely someone you want to pay attention to. She's also on um, other podcasts like the Oki podcast with Russell Sun Eagle, which is a great podcast and the art supply posse and you know wherever you get your podcasts uh, look them up and support them as well you know there's a lot of good information out there and lastly uh make sure that uh you're checking out reservation dogs she's in the background of one of the episodes i suspect it's episode five maybe six uh so uh be on the lookout uh it's gonna be a lot of fun uh, and if if uh, you're not watching reservation dogs stop what you're doing get on hulu watch that amazing show it is fantastic so uh, but, you know, um, this was a fun conversation. It's it's good to hear uh, stories from our home areas that we can all relate to. Because at the end of the day, uh, we all come from the same place in one fashion or the other. So, Savannah, thank you. I also want to thank you for joining us and spending your time listening to what I feel is a very important story and perspective from our community. So please join us next week as we speak with another incredible person. I'm Joe Williams. You can find me at Canna, that's C-A-N-A-A, Creativity Among Native American Artists on Facebook. We also have the Five Plain Questions pages on Instagram and Twitter, so please check us out there and uh, connect with us. Also at the plainsart.org website, there you can see our programming, our past videos, and these podcasts. So if you have a suggestion for someone to me to interview, please reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. And that's it. Uh, you take care, and we will see you next week. This has been an 11 Warrior Arts production.